What's better than country music? Country for a cause. Grab your family and head to the Heroes Honor Festival this Memorial Day weekend. Join Toby Keith, Justin Moore, Craig Morgan, and special guests, including Ron DeSantis, in honoring our veteran heroes May 27th and 28th at the Daytona Speedway. Every ticket purchased sponsors a veteran to attend. Plus, enjoy activities for the whole family. Kids 12 and under free. Get your tickets today at HeroesHonorFestival.com. That's HeroesHonorFestival.com. Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. Three, two, one. Not at the track? The Hot Pass Racing Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. All right, everyone, I'd like to welcome you to Thursday night edition of the Rowdy Maglite Show. <clears throat> and guys, who we got calling in, excuse me, tonight we got Josh White racing in the uh, Arkham Menard Series this weekend at, at Charlotte in the uh, General Tire 150. And he, Josh is calling in at 710 Eastern Time. Also, after Josh, guys, no strangers to the show, we got Charlie Corral calling in and uh, Charlie's a busy guy. I appreciate him taking time out to be able to talk to us just a minute tonight because he sure got his hands full this weekend with everything with, uh, down to the Indianapolis 500. What more can I say? It's just a busy week for motorsports, guys, this weekend. Then at our last guest at 7.45, we got – and he's not a stranger to the show. He just hadn't been able to call – we have not contacted in the last year. And – uh we got Ed Hines calling in, and Ed uh, over in Charlotte, and they got something big going on. Ed always has something great. I mean, uh, we're going to talk to him about several several subjects that he's probably dealt in or dealing in now. But, guys, uh, we got Kyle here. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Rowdy. How's it going? I uh, finally found some time to call in. Well, uh, big show tonight, uh, Kyle. We got Charlie calling in at seven thirty, and we got uh, Josh White at seven ten, and got Ed calling in at seven forty-five. So uh, bringing them tonight. We kind of was in kind of a limbo the last two shows. Kyle, uh, granddaughter got that state championship, and we've been partying, hooping, and hollering, having a good time, and that. It's time to get serious, and let's get back to racing, uh, Kyle. So here we are, man. It's a countdown to the 600 weekend at uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway. It kicks off tomorrow with the Arkham Menard Series and the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series uh, double hunter. Uh Not sure how the weather is going to be yet. You know, it looks like the, the, the weather has been getting better, according to the forecast. I uh, might be able to get it all in tomorrow and, you know, see that 100 mile, uh, the general tire, 150, 100 laps, 150 miles. Um, four out of five years to spin back. Brandon Jones coming back to drive the 81 for Kyle Busch Motorsports. I'm pro- he's probably my early favorite right now. Um, the NASCAR Camp World Truck Series uh, with Kyle Busch running. I know he's going to be in it, so there's a lot going on. And, 
It's just, you know, the storylines, you know, look at Xfinity. You know, Ryan Priest is going to be running for B.J. McLeod, and Austin Dillon's going to be in the race. So there's a lot going on, you know. Can we see Stan Mayer finally get his first Xfinity Series win? Uh, Trevor Bain, can he finally win for Joe Gibbs Racing in the 18 cars? So there's a lot going on, and, um, you know, it's going to be nice. And, and also it's going to be nice to have Charlie on tonight because I know uh, you and I were talking earlier today. Um, to, to talk a little bit more about the Portland weekend, you know, with the NASCAR Xfinity Series and the ARCA Menards West Series. So, um, looking forward to that weekend. Um, you know, standalone on the same weekend as Gateway, but, uh, you know, NASCAR has been to Portland. The Truck Series has been there. So, not nothing new there, but uh, be a new venue for the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Well, Kyle, I actually seen uh, a West Series, an ARCA West Series race at Gateway. Uh it was a very interesting race, but uh, that Portland, Kyle, that's pretty big with the Xfinity going there. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to see any uh, double dippers yet. Uh, we may, I don't know if Charlie knows yet, but uh, we'll see. You know, we may see that happen with, with more practice. Um, you know, there's a practice session before the uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series race. But the Arkham Menards West Series race is going to be after the Xfinity race on Saturday, June 4th. And then, uh, you know, you'll be at Gateway watching the trucks and the next day watching the inaugural cup race at Gateway. And uh, you're all set to go. So you're ready to go. And, you know, you'll be going to Gateway. And I know we got Charlotte coming up. There's a lot of racing going on, even here in Pennsylvania. Seals Grove Speedway tonight uh, for a 410 Sprint Car Thursday Night Thunder Show. Friday night at Williams Grove for the All-Stars, and then Saturday and Sunday, the Bob Whitefoot Memorial at Port Royal, 10000 to win on Saturday night and 29000 to win on Sunday night. So a lot going on, and I'm uh, going to try and well, hopefully make one of these races, Rowdy. Um, you know, my, my days off may have just changed, and I may be able to go to more races, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, that's, that's good, Kyle. So they are going to do qualifying, practice qualifying. I guess that's what it's called uh, tomorrow. Kyle, yeah, they'll uh, do that tomorrow, and I think they did that last year as well. So nothing new there. Uh, usually, when and, they're on a, on a Cup Companion weekend, you don't really see it that often, or you don't see just you know practice and qualifying, practice slash qualifying. Unlike Pocono Rowdy, when we saw uh, practice and qualifying um, separate. So uh, this year yeah. it's going to be a little different, but uh, you know we're planning out everything for that weekend as well. So the command to start your engines at 6.05, so they they start at 6. Uh, Kyle, the Rev, Rev Racing, kind of a sleeper in the past, jump up here, and Nick Sanchez is leading the points with Rajai Karuth in second. Yeah, they looked really good, and, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, Drew Dollar got into Corey Heim at Kansas, and they're both back for Charlotte, so uh, that's what's going on. Like I said, Brandon Jones in the 81. Uh, Parker Chase back in the in the 15 for Venerating Motorsports, so I don't know. I, I look at, like, right now I see my top three as the, the 81, the 20, and the 18. Those are probably my top three going into Charlotte, my early things. And another thing, Rowdy, uh, Connor Mosack back in the number 23 for Brett Holmes Racing. Going to be making his Xfinity Series debut at uh, Portland next weekend for Joe Gibbs Racing. So, uh, big announcement coming out of that camp in the 18 car next weekend, and um, you know he's had some has some road racing experience, and he finished fifth at Kansas. So, um, interested to see how he does in Charlotte because you know Charlotte uh, has 26 cars entered, and 
hopefully we see we see a good race tomorrow evening. Well, uh, Kyle, uh, we're just waiting on uh, Josh right right this minute. He's doing a uh, autograph session. He's going to take a timeout. It's take a little break in between. I, Kyle, I think he started at six. Uh, so we're, we're waiting on Josh to call now. And uh, we go back, I believe it's 2017, Kyle, or, or 16 at Nashville. He was racing with Wayne Hickson. I believe he was racing the, the number two car, Wayne Hickson's. He was in the three car, and they actually renumbered it to number eight of Pocono in the August 2015 race, so... Um, yeah, Wayne Hickson, uh, that team, and uh, the three-car ran Kentucky, finished Kentucky, and uh, I was at Kentucky. So uh, that was a very star-studded race he was in and uh, you know, made his truck series debut at Martinsville in 2016. So, uh, you know, he's had some experience, and, uh, you know, um, he's run those super speedway races. No, no, he's accustomed to it, and, you know, no, no surprise that he's been good. Well... Uh, what better place to get back in the swing than at Charlotte? His first trip to Charlotte. It's been, so, and it's uh, been six or seven years since he's been in an ARCA car, so it has been a while as well. So. Right. So you, you're put in it when you get there. So I'd like to bring in our, our first guest for tonight. Uh, he's been on the show before. We met several years ago. I'd like to welcome Josh White. Welcome, Josh. Hey man, how's it going? Long time no see. Man, Josh, I'm telling you, still, we, I'm still hanging at the racetrack. We're, we're still <laughs> hanging at the racetrack. So, uh, Josh, you kind of got things in line, and you're, you're fixing to take it to Charlotte. What's, what's it like to, to be able to go to Charlotte for the first time? Man, it's it, it's awesome. I'm so excited, especially to be in NASCAR's backyard. Uh, you know, I've prepped for this and practiced on iRacing for months now. And, uh, you know, just you couldn't set things off any better, I, I don't think, you know, especially with it being, you know, Memorial Day weekend and and uh, all that, you know, with me being a Marine. And it just everything made sense and all the stars aligned. I think it's going to be a, a really great uh weekend especially the race friday you know i I can't wait i think we're going to do well what uh josh you know uh getting back into the car you you kind of got uh with a new team you've got three races this year you're going to race charlotte bristol and springfield is that correct that is correct so you you get a uh a mile and a half, a half mile in the dirt track. That's that's kind of giving some variety there. It is, and we, you know we did that on purpose. Um, my primary sponsor, Canal Ammunition, uh, came to me and just basically told me, you know, okay, we'll sponsor you. Pick three races. I don't care which ones. And so that's that's what I did. I picked these three races, handpicked myself, uh, because it gives me different kinds of racetracks to run on the only thing that i'm missing is 
a road course, and a super speedway. So, you know, going forward, hopefully we can carry the momentum to have a full season in 2023 and, uh, you know, be be pretty good. You know, have the, have the, the rust knocked off and uh, be fresh, you know. Friday I'm going to have to knock some cobwebs off, man, because it's been a while. And I just – it's going to be a learning curve, I'm sure, to get back in the saddle, but I'm sure I'll be all right. Hey, Josh, you have Kyle here. Uh, my first question for you is talk a little bit about your super speedway experience in ARCA. Um, you've been up, you have run up against some of the biggest competition in that series. You know, talk a little bit about that and, you know, what it's been like driving that car uh, when you did back in 2015. Uh, well, it was, you know, super speedway racing. Um, you know, I, I tested at Daytona. I've, I've ran at Talladega. Uh that's pretty much all the experience I have on the super speedways, but uh, yeah, it's just a blast. I mean, every track that I go to, it doesn't matter if it's a super speedway or uh, a dirt track, short track, uh, you know, mile and a half. It, it, it's all fun, you know, and they're all different and unique in their own way. And getting to compete up against you know top competitors in this series is phenomenal uh you know not only are you getting the confidence of hey you know i can i'm running with these guys i'm actually you know i'm giving so and so a run for the money or you know this week you know i go run and run here and i beat this guy so it gives you confidence and then the guys that you don't beat or can't beat you know you learn off of them and you know you're, you're going to make mistakes at the racetrack that's racing you you obviously learn from those too so um you know, I'm nowhere near, you know, somebody that, you know, I'm not at the, at the cut level yet. So I don't have that talent, you know, fine-tuned and sharpened like those guys. And to come out here and race against uh, competitors, especially, you know, like Charlotte Brandon Jones is going to be there. Uh, you know, it, it's great to, to race with those guys because you can you can just learn so much just by watching them and uh, being in behind them and, you know, learning how they react to certain situations and their racing line and their entry points and break points and things of that nature. So, yeah, it's, it's a completely different uh, ball game. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a big learning curve, and it, it's great to be out there. My second question for you is um, can you talk a little bit about uh, what, made you, what, what, what made you decide to go back to racing and um, to, you know, pick Charlotte as one of your first races to come back to. So the reason why I picked Charlotte as my first race to come back to is because it was a, a Memorial Day weekend race. And, you know, with me being a veteran, I'd, you know, I hold other veterans close to my heart. You know, I'd, I help other, you know, veterans, you know, as much as I can uh, through various charities. And I, I try to spread awareness on uh, PTSD. Uh, PTSD is a really, really uh, bad deal. It, you know, at, a lot of these guys come home and they don't really come home. You know, so it, it's a, it's a silent battle that not a lot of people talk about, and it takes a lot of lives. You know, veterans. Uh, you know, they commit suicide every day because of it. So it's a really tough thing. But um, yeah, it, it just made sense for me to come back Memorial Day weekend at Charlotte. 
I've never been at Charlotte, and I was really excited to, you know, I'm still really excited to, to get on the mile-and-a-half track and, and see what I can do. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of faith in my team. i got a lot of faith in my car. Uh, you know, I, I'm not certain that I can go out there and win this thing, but I'm certain that we can go out there and give these guys a run for their money. My last question for you is, uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, choosing Bristol as one of your races? I mean, what are some of the challenges you think you're going to face, and you know, what are you, what are you expecting out of that race come September? Well, the, the biggest challenge, personally, I think uh, for Charlotte is going to be staying clean. You know, uh, there's it's a short track. You know, it's a half mile, so I mean, there's going to be a lot of tempers flaring, and a lot of these guys out here you know, might not have the, the kind of patience I do or I might not have the kind of patience they do, vice versa. You know, I, I won't really know until I'm there in the driver's seat doing it. But, you know, keeping clean is going to be the biggest challenge there. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you've got to, you know, in order to finish first, you got to first finish. So keeping it in one piece, you know, that's that's going to be a tough tough one at Bristol. Bristol's known for a lot of wrecks. Uh, as far as other challenges, other challenges are just going to be, you know, getting through the traffic and being able to listen to my spotter and, and convey what I'm hearing and, and transferring it into um, action on track. And so what I mean by that is, you know, just staying clear of everybody and being able to overtake. And if somebody's overtaking me, you know, kind of just, Patience is probably going to be one of the biggest things too. So I mean, there's a lot of things that's going to go into Bristol. It's just uh, it's all going to be about patience, in my opinion. Patience and a lot of give and take. Uh, Josh, a long ways from the days of thunder, isn't it? When you got inspired for the, by that movie, freaking how many race car drivers today was inspired by Days of Thunder? Man. Uh, all kinds of people, uh, I would imagine, has been inspired from, you know, Days of Thunder to be a NASCAR driver. You know, there's a lot of uh, other people out there, uh, you know, fans, and, you know, I've even talked to a, a couple other drivers that uh, was inspired by that movie. And so it, in order to for me to be inspired as well and, and make it this far is, you know, in, in my opinion, I've just... I'm amazed by how far I've come, and I'm really grateful to to be here. You know, there's thousands upon thousands of people that would love to be in my position, so I couldn't I couldn't be any more grateful for where I'm at and what I'm doing. So, you know, the last time you raced a Arkham Menard Series race, you was in a steel body, and now you you're in a composite, uh, completely different. Uh, style of car, motor, the whole works. Big change from from those days, isn't it, Josh? It's a huge change, and uh, that is what um, you know. Going to be concerned about tomorrow. You know, I, I've I've always been really low budget. I'm still kind of low budget. You know, I've, we've put a lot of uh, what we have into this race at Charlotte, and so you know, I haven't really had. You know, I haven't really ever had good equipment at, you know, in ARCO or a NASCAR. And now I'm finally going to have a, a decent, fast car. And so that's going to be one of the things that, 
Um, I'm going to be definitely thinking about tomorrow, and I'm sure there's going to be a learning curve on on that because I'm sure the aerodynamics and the way the car reacts is going to be a lot different than what I'm used to an ARCA car being uh, going from a steel body to a composite. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Well, Josh, let's talk about your sponsors, man. People have to go round and round. Yeah, man. Uh, so my primary sponsor is Canali Ammunition, and they have uh, a couple uh, facilities, uh, you know, plants in uh, Canal Valley in West Virginia. And that's that's how we hooked up, you know, my hometown. I'm from Charleston, West Virginia, and they, you know, do a lot in Montgomery, West Virginia, and then uh, Quincy, uh, actually right across from where I graduated high school. So uh, I'm really grateful to have them on board. And then I've got Fish Fin. Uh, they have an app that you can uh, download on your phone. It's on Google Play, and it's on Apple Store. Uh, and you can actually get one there and buy a fishing spot, or you can sell a fishing spot, or you can buy a fishing trip with a charter. You can log your catches, all kinds of stuff. It's a really unique, cool app to, to further your, your fishing experience. And then we've got Bub and Mothers. Uh, they they sell seasoning, uh, you know, dry rubs and stuff like that for uh you know, barbecue and other ty- other types of meats. Uh, they're really good. I recommend you try them. And they've actually got a promo out right now. Uh, if you go to the website and make uh, an order and you use promo code JWR03, you'll get 10% off. You'll get a signed hero card if you're one of the first 75 orders. And then on top of that, you know, they'll automatically uh, keep you on the loop on any updates as far as the promo goes. Uh, really, really good things they got going on. Also, the the promo deal, they also send you a free uh, Josh White Racing sticker. And uh, then we've got Racer Apparel. They made my racing suit, my racing shoes, and my racing gloves all custom, custom fit to me. Really good people, really good company, quality products. The product speaks for it, speaks for itself. You'll have to, y'all will have to see this thing tomorrow when I put, when I get in the car. It is awesome, really good quality. And then I've got Patriot Popcorn Company with us this weekend, and they sell delicious gourmet popcorn. I mean, these guys are great. I never thought I'd be addicted to popcorn, but now I am thanks to Patriot Popcorn Company. They're they're great. And uh, I've got You First Reality Infinity with us this weekend. They uh, they sell you know real estate, uh, really good choice for uh, you know, real estate if you're looking for a home. So we've got a really good, really good program going on for us this weekend. I'm really excited and glad to have those guys on on board. Uh, y'all, man. y'all, yeah, uh, Josh, y'all definitely check them out. That, that sounds great, man. Everybody, that's what I we try to push. Is, you know, buy these guys' products. So they can, these are people that are invested in, in what we enjoy, buy their product. Josh, what about the guys that's going to help you uh, go round and round back in the shop? So I'm with Club Racing Incorporated, and, 
you know, the, the team owner is Alex Club. You know, me and him go, go back a little ways, uh, back to all the way to 2015. And uh, we raced together in 2015, and, you know, we've always – I've always considered him a friend. You know, we, he's always treated me with respect, and, um, you know, he's always just been friendly. He's one of those guys that you, know, you could just walk up to and start a conversation. And uh, me and him always got along, along great, so – yeah, we hooked up this this time, and we got we're doing these three races, and we're kind of moving forward. And he's going to crew chief for me this weekend, and uh, my spotter this weekend is going to be Brian Keselowski. And uh, I haven't met my crew yet. I'll meet them tomorrow, and I'm sure I'll make some new friends. And you know what? Great thing about it, Arca's the same Arca, the same great family that you left, uh, Josh. So welcome back. Looking forward to seeing you again and uh hey uh tell everybody where they can follow you and keep up with you the rest of the year absolutely you can go to my website josh white racing llc or excuse me josh white racing.com um you can go on facebook and tiktok and you can search at josh white racing or you can go to instagram and twitter and search at fighting marine i also have my own products that I'm selling, I have a race fuel scented candle, race fuel scented wax melts, and I have got a new uh, cologne out that has, it, it smells like jupe, which is like a citrusy smell, and it has a hint of race fuel. So it, it's, it's really cool. You guys got to try it. <laughs> Looking forward to it, Josh. <laughs> Thanks a lot, my friend. Looking forward to seeing you. Hey, you and you Alex too, man. both. You gonna be, be at Charlotte this weekend? Nah, not this weekend. I, I, I'll see you at Springfield though. All right. Well, I'll, I'll oh, be glad to, glad to see one. you. It's been a while. Hey, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it, Josh. Thanks, my friend. Thank you, man. What's better than country music? Country for a cause. Grab your family and head to the Heroes Honor Festival this Memorial Day weekend. Join Toby Keith, Justin Moore, Craig Morgan, and special guests, including Ron DeSantis, in honoring our veteran heroes May 27th and 28th at the Daytona Speedway. Every ticket purchase sponsors a veteran to attend. Plus, enjoy activities for the whole family. Kids 12 and under free. Get your tickets today at HeroesHonorFestival.com. That's HeroesHonorFestival.com. All right. Hey, uh, Josh got some scent, scent oils going on there with the tire and gas and everything tied to racing. It's good to see uh, Alex and uh, Alex and, and Josh hooked up together there. I think Alex raced it. I know Alex drove out to Phoenix to race out there, and Josh is doing this uh, Charlotte deal. So uh, we're waiting on Charlie Crawl, Archimedes Director of Communications. I guess is what Charlie's title is. PR guy, do it all. He's got a big weekend coming on. Hey, how about the Indianapolis 500 this weekend? That's another big one going happen. And then the Coca-Cola 600 on top of that. Looking forward to Charlie calling. There's several things I want to ask Charlie about. 
that's the way we end the season at Toledo Speedway. I didn't know if uh, everybody got to hear Kyle's little, uh, his interview with Max Blair at the World of Outlaws. He was at the World of Outlaws Lake Model. Kyle Mag at the Rowdy Mag Light Racing Media here with the winner here tonight at Bloomsburg Fair Raceway for the World of Outlaw Late Models. Uh, Max Blair, you lead every lap tonight. Uh, how did the car? How was the car? I know you really, you really become accustomed to this place. Yeah, uh, I think we were pretty good. Um, you know, we we got fortunate and drew a front row starting spot. Um, that's big in any anywhere you go nowadays against this kind of competition. So. Um, we had a lot of stuff lying up our way tonight. We ended up with the tire going down. The tire was flat by the time we got to victory lane there. So, uh, you know, we had a lot of stuff to go our way. But, um, win these races, you always have to have some luck on your side. Yeah, what was it like racing the World of Outlaw Late Models tonight? Uh, it's awesome. We've been running running with these guys all year. It's a dream come true. Um, you know, I can't thank Viper Motorsports enough for giving me this opportunity, and uh, hopefully there's many more of these to come. Yeah, how was how was it when you hit lap traffic? Did it tighten up? Did it loosen up? Any adjustments? Nah, I, you just kind of held on through the holes and hope hope you come out where you need to be. It, uh, it was pretty hairy there a couple times, but you know we had uh, we had the gods on our side tonight, and here we are. How's the rest of the weekend looking? Uh, I'm hoping the rain holds off tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to going to Marion Center. Uh, it's a place that I really enjoy racing at. So hopefully the the weather holds off and we get to do that one. All right, Kyle and Max at uh, Bloomsburg. Last Thursday night, man, that was, that was a big race weekend. So we're waiting on uh, Charlie Crow, Kyle, and uh, Kyle will be back. He's Kyle's kind of double dipping tonight. He's doing two things at one time, which is all good. I'm getting ready for next weekend to head to the inaugural. Worldwide Technology Race with Cup for their first race, the third through the fifth. And uh, those inaugurals, congratulations to John Beach and everybody, his staff out there. And thank you for all you do. If you've never been there, it is a great place. Hopefully, if you want to go, you can, you can get a ticket. I'm not sure how the tickets are going. I know it's a big demand, y'all. You know when it's inaugural, everybody wants to be part of it. So, looking forward to seeing you there. If you're at the track, text me. Let me know you're there. I'm easy to get a hold of. Real easy. But have I got time to come? Is, is to come out and. Meach is another thing, so. We're busy. Always something going on. At times like this, I think how lucky I am to be a NASCAR Winston Cup driver and how fortunate I am to have a great sponsor like Napa Auto Parts because Napa understands quality and value and the importance of having a friendly, knowledgeable staff. And it's at times like this, looking around at the empty grandstands and listening to the silence of pit road, that I realize 
I'm at the wrong track. At the wrong track. You know that. We're out of that now, hopefully. There's no silence on the track. We're waiting on Charlie to call in. So, uh, Charlotte, you got four races in three days, man, and hopefully the weather's going to work great for that because it's going to take it. And uh, with that, you start with the Arkham Menard Series on Friday, uh, the Truck Series, the Doubleheader on Friday night, and then the uh, Xfinity Race on Saturday, ending with the Coca-Cola 600 on Sunday. On Sunday, the arc of, like we, I think Kyle and I talked about it a little earlier, uh, 1230, 12 to 1245 is practice qualifying for the Arkham Menard series. And then the green, green flag at 6, 10, 609 on FS1 and MRN. And then uh, the truck's supposed to get started at 8 on FS1, on MRN also. And I'm going to bring in our second guest for tonight, Charlie Corral with Arkham Menard Series. Charlie, big weekend, man. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, Rowdy. What do you want to talk about? Well, you're going to start off Friday. And looks like from what I read, you're going to end up in Eldora at the end of the week. I'm telling you, man, it's a dream weekend for a race fan for me. Yeah, I've got uh, we've got the uh, General Tire 150 coming up tomorrow at uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway. I'm going to stick around and uh, hang out and do some pit reporting for NASCAR International and all of the, the the worldwide feed. And I'll work the truck race and the Xfinity race, which I'm really looking forward to. And then uh, we'll point her north and go pick up my kids and take them to Eldora for some dirt late model action on uh sunday night so yeah i'm i'm definitely looking forward to the next few days boy uh rev racing has really stepped up their program this year have they not charlie they have they've they've already won a couple of races they finished one two uh, last time out there at kansas uh nick sanchez roger caruth tied for the points lead so yeah, those guys have had a, a, a phenomenal season already, and we're not even a quarter of the way through it. Well, you know, Charlie, that composite body and the Elmore engine is supposed to make everything equal. Well, looks like we've kind of equaled out here. The, the names we normally have up top's not there. I mean, we see a little bit of a change, a push in another direction. We sure do. And, you know, I actually just spent some time uh, with Billy Venerini chatting with him. And, you know, Billy's obviously not happy that he's only won one race so far this year. But, you know, as he was telling me, you know, hey, we've been in the hunt. We should we should have had three wins by now. Um, you know, the Venerini team's still very strong. Um, you know, I think Sammy Smith is on the verge of getting himself a win uh, when he hops back in the 18 car. Um, you know, Joe Gibbs Racing slash Kyle Busch Motorsports, you know, that combination uh, is going to be really tough to beat, uh, you know, when they get clicking. You know, Rev Racing is, is obviously at a very high level right now. So, yeah, we've got a good, you know, six or eight cars that I think could probably contend 
legitimately to win, just not any any week right now. And that's, you know, it's up from where we were a couple of years ago. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's I, I think things are, are, you know, pointing towards a very competitive rest of 2022. Charlie, how special is it to go back to Toledo to do the championship to you? Uh, so a, a lot of people don't know that, you know, there were a lot of championship races at Toledo Speedway back in the, in the 1970s. Um, you know, and, and as a matter of fact, there were a lot of opening races at Toledo Speedway back then too. And, you know, I can remember, you know, not all that long ago, you know, 20, you know, 2008, uh, 2011, uh, those championship races at Toledo were just insane. You know, and I personally, as a race fan from an art series championship, been our home racetrack. So uh, I absolutely am I'm looking forward to it. We've got a lot of things in the in the works to make that a wonderful weekend, not only for um, our race fans, but for the race teams as well. So uh, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully uh, you and the gang, Rowdy, can come and join us for that one. Hey, Kyle, one more thing I want to ask. Charlie, hey, Kyle, hold on with this one more thing. Charlie, when I get there, I want you to take me to your favorite spot to watch the race. Absolutely. You got it. Yep, absolutely. I know exactly where I'll take it. You got it. Hey, Charlie, it's Kyle here. Uh, My first question for you is... What's happening, Kyle? What's happening? Hey, uh, thanks for coming on tonight um, on such a short notice. Uh, my first question for you is, uh, who are you penning as the early favorite for Friday's General Tire 150 at Charlotte? Well, I think uh, we saw the race at Kansas, I think, is is really telling. You know, the, the 20 and the 18 were very, very fast. I expect that will be the same here at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Um, I think you can add, just as we saw at Kansas, I think you can add the two and the six into the mix there as well. Um, You know, all four of those drivers, I think, will pick up right where they left off. I think you also have to add into the mix Brandon Jones in the 81 car uh, for Kyle Busch Motorsports. Um, That's going to be a very competitive car. you know, I'm looking forward to seeing, might not be the battle for the win, but uh, I, I want to see how well Greg Van Alst does. I want to see how Andy Jankowiak does. These are two guys that, you know, have really worked hard on their program um, and and have shown that they've got some speed on, on some of these short um, intermediate tracks. So I'm looking forward to it. I, and, and honestly, you know, I, I have been beyond impressed with, the speed that Tim Richmond showed at Daytona and Talladega um, for a extreme low budget race team. You know, they had a really good race car there, Daytona and Talladega. I don't expect we'll see the 27 up there fighting for the win, but Tim Richmond is probably one of the most underrated drivers in the Arkham Menard series. Um, I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he and his dad are, are getting that race car uh, where it's, you know, they they might not be ready to start knocking on the door for uh, for, for victory lane, but I, I, I'm really hoping that they have a good, clean race 
on Friday night and uh, and maybe can walk out of there with a top ten fish. I think that'd be phenomenal. My second question for you is: I know you were talking a little bit about it uh, with the Arkham Menards West series. Uh, Portland's coming up, and then Sonoma's the week after. Um, you know, with with them being companion races, are you expecting maybe some some bigger names to show up in those races, or is it mainly just going to be the series regulars? So I haven't seen the entry list for either of those races just yet, but I would expect, being that Portland is new to the Xfinity Series schedule, I would expect that we would see some Xfinity Series regulars enter the West race just to get some additional track uh, track time. Um, I don't know what to expect when we go to Sonoma. Uh, I think we we may see you know, like a Chase Briscoe, you know, somebody who doesn't have a lot of cup experience on road courses. Um, I think we, we will see a, um, some, some cup drivers maybe come and do that. But I, I can't confirm that at this point, Kyle. So uh, anything, you know, we're talking about is just conjecture at this point. But I would not be surprised if we do see some, some interlopers uh, come and try to run those races. My last question for you is, up to this point, what's been your favorite story from the Arkham Menards series so far this year? Oh, man. Um, you know, that's a really good question, Kyle. There there have been a lot, you know, whether it's in the, in the national tour, the east, the west. I mean, Tanner Reif picking up that win, uh, you know, at Irwindale earlier in the season was, was just fantastic. Um, you know, I, I think – Probably the story that kind of sticks out to me, and it's not an individual, you know, but I think it's the fact that our car count has has kind of rebounded, um, you know, just to start the year. I mean, I realized when we were at Kansas, you know, it was it was maybe a, a car or two down from where we were last year, but you know, across the board, we the, the trend has been up, and, and that that's very good. You know, I, I would like to see that continue on. You know, the, the economy is, is, you know, obviously there are some challenges with the economy. But, you know, we, we have seen an upward trend in our car count, and, and we have seen more competitive cars, which is good. So I'd like to see that continue. That's probably the one thing that kind of stands out for me this year is that, you know, our, our races have seen more quality cars, and the races themselves have been a little more competitive. So uh, that's what I'm going to go with. And more people in the stands, Charlie. I mean, really, the, the yeah, more, and more people watching on TV. You know, Kansas TV ratings were up forty-five percent over twenty twenty-one. So, yeah, people are tuning in. It's great. Well, Charlie, tell the boys. Uh, I hope they have a happy birthday. And that don't they have a birthday coming up here also? You got it, man. I appreciate that. And tell Ashley. Looking forward to seeing her again. Hopefully in Toledo and. Charlie, looking forward to seeing you again. Uh, where can they keep up with the Arkham Menard series and Charlie Corral? Uh, give us a follow on Twitter, at Arca underscore racing. Uh, you can watch the race tomorrow night live on FS1 starting at 6 o'clock Eastern time. If for whatever reason you are so inclined to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at <laughs> Chaz with an S, crawl with two L's at the end. But uh, I can't. I can't guarantee you will be entertained by anything I have to say. So, <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, as always, man, we appreciate it truly. Thanks a you lot. You got it. Thanks for having me out, guys. You got it. All right, man. Charlie Corral with Arkham Nard Series. Thanks, Charlie.
Need Memorial Day plans? Look no further than the Heroes Honor Festival. Join Toby Keith, Justin Moore, Craig Morgan, and special guests including Ron DeSantis in honoring our veteran heroes May 27th and 28th at the Daytona Speedway. Every ticket purchased sponsors a veteran to attend. Plus, enjoy activities for the whole family. Kids 12 and under free. Get your tickets today at HeroesHonorFestival.com. That's HeroesHonorFestival.com. All right. Thank you, Charlie, again, man. Uh, just one of the people that makes ARCA such a great series. Uh, now, great to be around, fun to be around, all officials. You know, they're not, they're not always the bad guys. They're, they're really the good guys with the hats on. So we're waiting on Ed to call in, and there's no telling what Ed's got going on now. Uh, we've we've been to some of his functions and they treat us like heroes. So I'm looking forward to uh, talking to Ed about several things I think he's got going on. Guys, tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. Should be a good race, now I'm telling you. Uh, So we're going to go with our caller number three here for tonight. I'd like to welcome back to the Rowdy Maglite Show, Ed Hines. Welcome back, Ed. Hey, Rowdy. Thank you so much. Glad to be back. It's been a, about a year, I guess, or so since we had a chance to get on there and share some good news with you guys. Well, you know, Ed, we've been through a lot in the last probably, what, 14, 18 months. So hopefully we're back to kind of normal again. And, Ed, we have had some great times, but it looks like, you got good things going. Let's talk about what you got going on this weekend, Ed. Yeah, man. Well, by golly, you know, times are getting better. And uh, even though even though we see our economy and all that going crap, but as far as getting out and getting to the public, you know, we're, we're fortunate, we're blessed to be able to have 45 of our pioneers in racing that are coming tomorrow to sign autographs for the public for free. Um There'll be a few young ARCA drivers there, but uh, the legends like Bobby Allison, uh, uh, Waddell Wilson, Rex White, Dink Widenhouse, Brownie King, uh, there's so many that are going to be there, the well notables, um, and it's all free, and we have a ton. Rowdy, we have a ton of NASCAR collectibles, some of the best we've ever had in the, in the last 12 years, some of the best we've had and pennies on the dollar. We're fortunate to have what we have for the fans. Well, Ed, you know, I'm fortunate enough to to be able to say this is real. And if you really want to meet a legend, you have the opportunity tomorrow night or tomorrow and be part of it and walk down through there and have them sign everything you got. Isn't that pretty much the way it goes, isn't it? It sure is, Rowdy. You know, anybody can come in it doesn't cost anything and yeah they'll it's all set up so nicely you can even take pictures you know if you get to bobby allison or one of them you want to get a picture with them sure no problem we've got it fixed so that uh, arranged so that everyone can have a chance to do it you know get pictures and autographs and actually tell stories we're going to probably stream i'll be streaming uh several segments tomorrow live so you'll be able to catch it and we'll post it out on the internet but um 
Yeah, go on, Rowdy. We wish you were down here with us, too. Well, Ed, you know, it's just uh, one of them situations this time, like, uh, you know, it's all about scheduling. You know, it's hard to get to all of them. But I really enjoyed being part of of, of this a couple of years ago. And I, I'm telling you, I was really amazed at all the drivers that you had there to sign autographs. I mean, it was this nonstop. And, and the merchandise for the auction was just incredible. Well, we've been blessed. You know, the teams, the organizations down here, they um, they really taken a hold to, um, you know, Rowdy, you and I both know, and, and the fans and those that are listening, we all know the history. We do the history of racing, where it came from, the roots of it, came right out of the bootleg and moonshine, went to the racing after being chased, chased by all the state troopers in the world, and you've got these are the guys that pioneered the racing back in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. Those are the pioneers, and those are the gentlemen and ladies that you'll see tomorrow. Those are the ones that brought NASCAR to where, well, they didn't bring it to where it's at right now, that's for sure, but they brought NASCAR and racing to life, and those stands used to be packed. And uh, so tomorrow... Uh, Rowdy, yeah, it'd be a great day for anyone to meet all these pioneers in racing that they've never met, and they'll have a chance tomorrow. So uh, you got some other projects going on, don't you? Well, let's talk a little bit about the Winston Cup Museum, uh, Ed. Yep, uh, well, the Winston Cup Museum has reopened after two years. Uh, Colbert Seagraves is the new executive director, and as everyone knows, Colbert is Ralph Seagraves' son, and uh, he takes up the torch for his dad. And uh, Colbert's a, a great, great person. Um, he's just a, just a gentle giant, a wonderful person to be around. He's done a fabulous job of reopening the Winston Cup Museum in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So, you know, I've uh, that that was a good a grand opening. We enjoyed being there, streaming it. Um, we had fun, and everybody else did too. Um, it was a success, and now we have the Winston Cup Museum back alive again as well. So, uh, wh- where's your event? Where tomorrow? And uh, we, we our never event get to- tomorrow now. Yeah, I'm sorry, Rowdy. Our event tomorrow is in Concord, North Carolina, where um, we're at Morrison motor car museum it's on highway 29 if you're in front of the speedway charlotte motor speedway and you're heading uh north on 29 past the speedway you go like turn fours up on the hill you can see turn four up there well just past turn four at the bottom of the hill there you'll see a museum up on top of another hill well that museum past turn four is where we'll be tomorrow with uh, with all the legends and the pioneers uh, and some of the young racers as well will be there. Um, so Morrison Motor Car Museum um, from ten till two. Um, it's not a lengthy a lengthy time, but it'll give a couple of hours hopefully to get everybody through to get signed tomorrow. So how long has this been, Ed? Y'all been involved in this what? How many years? Oh Lord, Jack Martin and I started this. In 2000, actually it was around, I think it was 2001, when we actually started the um, the autograph events. 
And as it progressed, NASCAR was making people go behind fences and gates to get autographs and do this, that, and the other and charging or whatever. Well, it, as we grew into the t- mid-2000s, we decided, hey, look, let's tear these barriers down. And we, we did several radio shows, newspapers, and um, and, and actually a television station uh, out of Greensboro, North Carolina, and and we put the word out, you know, hey, we're sick and tired of of having to be put behind fences to meet NASCAR drivers, and the NASCAR drivers are sick and tired of having to stick their pins through a fence. So NASCAR, we tore down those fences, and it was a big deal back when we did that. We led up to 2010, and I remember in 2010, the NASCAR said, we're going to copy them. Guess what? It didn't work. So we, we, that was the whole essence of, of having MotorFest was to start bringing the drivers, the legends, the pioneers, the Hall of Famers. we got five of them coming tomorrow. So to get them all together and just break the barriers down and let the fans come and meet these people without all the trouble. Jesus, NASCAR's got too many barriers everywhere, too much going on, and and they just don't care about the fans. And I'm sorry to say that, but that's the way I see it right now. Well, Ed, you got a great thing going on tomorrow with Legends uh, Bryson. It's, uh, I mean, I, I can honestly say I've been there. It's not, <laughs> it is a absolutely, if you're a race fan of old school, they're there tomorrow to sign an autograph for you. And you buy they'll some of the merchandise, too. Isn't that right, Ed? They, they'll have merchandise oh. there also. Oh, Lord. We have um, we have a lot of merchandise, but the merchandise that we have are, is merchandise that you won't probably ever see. Actually, we got a, I'll just give you a, one of the good ones. We have a tire off of Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s car, signed by Dale Earnhardt in a beautiful signature, and it is just fantabulous and that's going to either auction off we had a man there already walked through one to buy it for 250 dollars it is an original tire so we, we're going to auction it off we've got helmets we've got gloves we've got uniforms we've got champagne bottles championship tony stewart bottles signed champagne bottles um prince proofs earnhardt proof by Jeannie barnes the number one Number one, we have a, a we have a proof by Sam Bass that is a, it's a remark, is R E M A R Q U E. But anyway, uh, it's one uh, only one in the world. We just happened to come across it and uh, being a remark. And then Donnie and Bobby signed it, and uh, they wanted to put it in a museum. But we're going to put it up for auction. If it doesn't bring what we want, then we'll put it in a museum. We have some awesome pieces, and we have a lot of stuff too, Rowdy, a lot of items that people can afford that are autographed. Everything's autographed. Everything you buy is autographed, and it's cheap. How about Dale Jr.'s? Let's let's throw a couple out there. Dale Jr. Elites. I've got three or four of them signed for $60 a piece, $50 a piece. We'll dicker about it. We've got so much stuff that we just want to get rid of, and we want the fans that want it and, and uh, to, to treasure it, 
those are the people that we really want to have it. Well, it's a great opportunity tomorrow to get it, uh, Ed. I do that, and then you know we've got uh, we've got our third annual moonshine and racers reunion in Mount Airy, North Carolina, September the tenth, and that's a, another big one. We had about six to eight thousand people there last year, and uh, we we hope to make a whole weekend event out of it. That's what we're striving for, and that was founded by uh, Bill Blair. Bill Blair was one of the founders, and myself and. Uh, uh, Gail Hyatt up in Mount Airy and Philip Marsh. So we have a group of us that started that thing, and we had a, had it going good. And that, and then that uh, stuff they called COVID came around, yeah. and uh, it kind of messed everything up. But you know, I guess we better not talk about that. Hey, what about North Wilkesboro getting a sign of life comeback, Ed? I mean, you know, we're all about the legends. Looks like they're giving that old legend another try. Oh, yeah, and it's going to open. We're going to be there, and we'll be, hopefully, hopefully we'll stream the first race that they have there. I'm, I've I've got to call Terry Parsons and then make sure what we can do up there when they do do the first race opening. But, yeah, it's come back to life, and um, it's uh, it's amazing. And Rockingham, don't forget Rockingham, it's back open, too. Well, I went to the last two NASCAR Rockingham races that was held there, and I'd like to go to the first one back. <laughs> I'm looking forward to going to the back to the to uh, Rockingham. A great track. I mean, the infrastructure was zero, but the racing was a hero. Yeah, it was. They were doing a good job. But we had two truck races. They had the ARCA race for the grand opening when we restored the track back when Andy Hillenberg took it over. And uh, we worked there for, I don't know, two months, I think, Ricky Bostic uh, and a bunch of others. Uh, and we put the track back together and, and the suites and the stands. And uh, it was it was a, a miracle. And you saw what the outcome of it was, Rowdy, when you came there. And and then we had the two truck races, and um, they were both a success. But um, it just didn't work out because of management at that time. Well, we've been Hi, there Eddie. longer, I'm sure. Hi, have you got Kyle here? I just wanted to squeeze in a quick question. Uh, what's your favorite piece of memor- racing memorabilia and why? My favorite piece of racing memorabilia would be a worn. I have a, uh, not the fire suit, but I have his crew shirt that he wore. And I was his friend and sponsor. His name was Blaze Alexander. And uh, the night he was killed at Charlotte Motor Speedway uh, was a, 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 a turning event for myself. But um, I was fortunate enough, uh, a friend of mine had his worn uh, jersey uh, with, with all of his stuff on it. And uh, it was signed. And uh, by a miracle, I came by and he gave it to me so it's um that's my favorite piece is i I have to say that because blaze was a a great driver he would have went far um had he not been killed at charlotte in the arca race back um probably remember that yourself yeah but um that was a sad time for all of us but um that that's my favorite piece i i all the all the other stuff Earnhardt, everybody you can have um, Blaze was that special person, so that's the one I treasure most. 
Well, you know, it took losing Dale Earnhardt to get everything we needed for safety, and it sure has been a game changer. I mean, it's it's been I'm zero since those soft walls, and I mean, really, it, we, we it, it's sad, but now at least we can. I mean, we've had some horrendous wrecks, Ed, and and the guys have walked away and went home. They have, and we have seen them. We've seen those wrecks and go, oh, my gosh, you know, and some of them not as bad as Dale Earnhardt's wreck. Um, As we all know, it didn't seem that bad, but it was because of certain elements, but um, we won't get into that. But Blaze, uh, reverting back, Blaze died the same way Dale did. And uh, the same injuries. And Blaze yeah. didn't have his hind on. He wouldn't wear it that night. And we tried to get him wearing it, and he didn't think he needed it, so he went on out. Well, that was the end result. Well, I guarantee you right after that, there weren't a driver nowhere that didn't put a Hans on. Yeah. That's come a so long way. Dale died. Dale and died because Blaze died right after Dale did. And they were both both in the same type of accident. And then both of them had to do with something with the head and neck. So well, Ed, let's, let's right. tell, tell everybody where we can follow, where they can follow and keep up with you tomorrow on, on what you got going on. All right. Well, I'm going to do some live streaming on my page on Facebook. We'll also be streaming on our Casual Business Broadcasting Network. Uh, up in northern North Carolina. We'll be streaming on there, and we'll probably be streaming some interviews. Uh, Bill Blair hopefully is going to interview a few, quite a few people tomorrow, so we'll live stream those probably on his page. Man, so we're going to get you. up there. We're going to get out there somehow, another. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, the Internet has changed everything. I mean, you, you, we're talking live streaming, so, I mean... It, it really, if you can't make it, you can almost bring it to them. They can't, they can't see it. They can see it, but they can't smell it and taste it and, and feel it. But you can see it. <laughs> the, that's the hard part of it. You know, you can sit here. We can talk all night long about racing, but if you ain't there and you don't, you can't smell that rubber and you can't smell that fuel and you can't hear that noise and you just can't touch it. It's just after being in the garage for 30 years, I don't, I can't, I can't go to a race set in the stands, nowhere. Uh, it's me neither, uh, Ed, you know, and, the, and the, I've had people go, you know, I've been and I just didn't get it. I said, well, you was drinking, wasn't you? Yeah, oh yeah, we drank a lot of, I said, there was your first yeah. mistake on, on race day. <laughs> you don't drink no alcohol to the last 10, 15 laps and, then, but you got to feel, you got to have all your seven senses on race day to enjoy an event in a NASCAR. That's a fact. You can't be hungover, and I we hey look after thirty so years. Done well, it. actually, well yeah, I did it. I ain't gonna tell no lie about it. I can, I can tell you times when all of us we'd be at Bristol or wherever, and and uh, uh, hey, let's go out and have a beer or twelve. And uh, I said, a beer at 12? Well, next thing you know, a beer turned into 12, and here we are trying to all get back to the hotel. And it weren't pretty the next morning when we had to get them cars out of the garage and get them up on tech and through pit, all that mess. Nah, I'm, 
I don't miss I don't miss that part of them days. <laughs> but we all did it. I yeah, did. we I, came for it. Well, we, you know, but back in the day, my gosh, man, everybody, <laughs> you had to do something. <laughs> I know, man. I mean, we just can't we, we can't afford to do our body that way no more, though. <laughs> no more we can't, but back then we did. But look, we even fought. You can't even fight no more in, in the garage. You can't fight. You can't say a cuss word. You can't do nothing. Of course, I try not to do those things anyway, but I'm just reverting back to the good old days, and you might get in a fight. Next thing you know, you're hugging each other as soon as the fight's over with. <laughs> yeah, I, that's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I appreciate appreciate you coming on tonight and let's talk in the uh, legends of racing, my man. Man, I appreciate y'all just letting me come on and talk about them and the pioneers in racing and the history. And that's that's where it's at. If you want to learn about the history of racing, follow us. You can follow us on uh, Moonshiners on on Facebook. You can follow us on uh, the early days of racing on Facebook. We'll try to get some information out so everybody will know where we're at and what we're doing with the Pioneers in Racing. Yeah, Pioneers in Racing. And I appreciate you inviting us uh, a couple of years ago. We, we've truly enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to getting back. Well, come September and set up for a show, a live show in September in Mount Airy. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'll tell you what, like- y'all, y'all do the live show, and I'll live stream you while you're doing your show. How about that? All right. All right, we'll talk about it then. Y'all have to come to Mount Airy. I think we'll enjoy it. We'll see if we can get that worked out on the schedule there. All right, Rowdy. Y'all have a great blessed evening. Hey, truly, uh, Ed, sorry it's been a while, but thanks for coming back on and spending a little time with us talking about pioneers and racing. Yeah, I appreciate y'all having me on. Thanks a lot, Rowdy. Is there anything that any other questions I could answer if I could? Hey, let's just take somebody racing and make make racing better tomorrow. That's all we can do, you know. Let's do that. Let's just keep our heads up, look forward, and stay positive, and thank God for everything that we have. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, sir, for being part of the Rowdy Maglite show tonight. I've been a part of y'all forever, and Rowdy, you won't never be a, you'll never separate from us. I, I'll always be a part of y'all. <laughs> thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right, thank you too, Rowdy. Y'all have a very blessed evening. Yes, sir. Should have been a cowboy. What's better than country music? Country for a cause. Grab your family and head to the Heroes Honor Festival this Memorial Day weekend. Join Toby Keith, Justin Moore, Craig Morgan, and special guests, including Ron DeSantis, in honoring our veteran heroes May 27th and 28th at the Daytona Speedway. Every ticket purchase sponsors a veteran to attend. Plus, enjoy activities for the whole family. Kids 12 and under free. Get your tickets today at HeroesHonorFestival.com. That's HeroesHonorFestival.com. All right, keeping with the theme of uh, Charlotte, we got a couple of interviews uh, we want to play. Uh, Blake, uh, Blake Harrison was one of them who will be this weekend at Charlotte. There we go. How are you doing this afternoon? Oh, not too bad. How about you guys? We are doing great. Thank you for um, jumping on and spending some time with us this afternoon. We really appreciate it. Um, we will uh, go straight into questions for, questions you. for you. Uh, start off with Colcus Mono. Go ahead, Paul. Thank you, Samantha. And thank you for your time today, Blake. 
Uh, speaking with Michael about a week ago, he said the biggest reasoning behind the performance uptick at FRM has been feeling more confident with the new car. What exactly has been clicking for you guys compared to the beginning of the season in that regard? Yeah, I don't know that anything specifically at this point in the season versus the beginning. Um, you know, I felt like we came out of the, the box decent in L.A., um, you know, a little bit of short track. Um, obviously, Michael's very good at the plate races. Daytona, we had decent performance as well. And then and then once we got into the West Coast swing, um, felt like we were pretty competitive at, at Fontana and Vegas. Um, I think in general for us as a small team, it, it's more week to week than it is, you know, something clicked this week and all of a sudden everything – goes better you know um, uh, we we put together a decent weekend at, at the dirt race um, you know and, and we've had some other decent runs um, Darlington as well so then we followed up with Kansas where we struggled a little bit so I think uh, I think as we still continue to go these different types of tracks over the course of the year um, as an organization we we learn a little bit more um, and hopefully we'll be able to apply that to the like tracks moving forward and then this is your first year working with Michael what's that rapport look like um, from preseason to now, I guess the evolution, if you will. Yeah, the, that's uh, definitely um, a development week to week as well. Just learning, you know, throughout these different scenarios, whether it's practice or in the race, um, the, the feedback that he's giving, uh, developing an understanding of, of what he needs at at each track too. You know, um, I get to work with guys that he's already worked with, so they know a lot of his tendencies at, at some of these places we're going already, but with a new car and, and the short amount of practice that we have in the sessions, understanding, you know, when he talks about what he feels, what, what that actually means in relation to how much we need to change the car to, to get him comfortable over the course of the race. Thank you for your time. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Next question will come from Marty Stickler. Go ahead, Marty. Thanks, Sam. Blake, thanks for the time, man. Uh, just following up on Cole's question, how would you rate the first half of the regular season? Because normally we've seen this 34 team as like a top 25 team, but you guys are averaging 19.1. Yeah, um, I, I think that's, uh, that's, a, that's a tough question. I think for what our team is at right now, I'm going to say, I don't know, if we go off a letter rating, I'm going to say like a, a B minus. <laughs> um, you know, I think C's, C's pretty rough. Um, a B plus for our organization, I think we'd be doing a really good job. So, uh, yeah, in general, this team has, has a lot that we're up against, uh, lack, lack of information, uh, lack of support, you know, in a, in a lot of areas, um, we take kind of educated guesses at a lot of things week to week. And that's why it's a little bit tough for us to necessarily leave one place and go to the next and think that we've got it all figured out. Uh, and I don't know that every, you know, even the big teams do a perfect job of that week to week. But I think as a whole, um, we've outperformed at times that, that we shouldn't have maybe. Um, we've, we've beaten, even on our bad days a lot of times, we outrun, you know, a few cars, some of the bigger organizations with a lot more uh, support than we have. Um, so that's why I, why I feel like we're in the B bracket, but B minus because I, I don't think we're ever um, up up to to the standards that that we want to be. Um, e even after you know Darlington, which I would say is our best run to date, um, where we had a car that was capable of running around the top ten all day and and finishing seventh. Um, you know we left there thinking of the different you know situations that we could put ourselves in to to even finish in the top five and, and compete for the win at the end of that race. 
And then what's the mindset like as a crew chief this weekend, knowing, hey, it's not just a big test of endurance and 600 miles, but also, you know, it's four 100-lap races when it comes to the stages? Yeah, for for us, we, we just take each each session um, and, and break it apart to, to what it is. You know, we, we unload in practice and try to get an understanding quickly of, of what kind of range we're in balance-wise with our car. Uh, you know, th- this this weekend's practice is, is as close to race conditions, I think, that we will have had in years past uh, before you used to, you know, practice in, in the heat of the day and go to the races at night at least this is pushed further. So, um, you know, kind of go back to answering your question. We'll take practice and qualifying all those sessions as well as those, you know, hundred lap segments and, and analyze where we're at each time and, and try to just make sure that we're there, there at the end. Um, you know, the Coke 600, it's, it's one of my, one of my favorite races. I, I like the, I think on days like this, you have the potential for, you know, everybody to kind of dig down if you can minimize mistakes um, and everybody can execute, you can definitely beat guys that maybe you wouldn't straight up on speed just by execution and, and kind of, a, you know, one of those dig in grit type uh, races for sure. Thank you, Blake. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Next question will come from Matt Weaver. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Blake. Thanks for the time today. Uh, two questions for you. Um, a lot of talk about the left rear loading and failures with the next-gen car and really just rear loading in general. Um, are you of the mindset that that's more camber and air pressure related or tire construction, or is it kind of just a little bit of both too? I, mean, I, th- I think it's both. Um, I-, I think we have a we have a wider range than we've had in the past with cambers. Um, and air pressure, that's not really changed. I think maybe – we get into some of these sessions where you get a false sense of security with where you're currently at, where you look at your teammates information and they didn't blow a tire and they're lower camber or lower load. But I, I think one of the big variables this year, is just, you know, what we, what we're riding against and what we're shooting for is a target from load standpoint, and what's going through the shocks and the tires back there, you know, in, in the past you had a max camber, which we do now it's more um, pressure wise. I would say, you know, we, we push them as much as we normally would. Um, but the difference is, is, you know, we're just sitting, we're sitting on all up to the shock, if not on the shock at a lot of these tracks, you know, which when you hit a spike load of however many thousands of pounds, if we are already pushing it on all those parameters, air pressure and load and camber, you know, you, you get those spike loads, especially when you first come out on the track. I think that's why in, in practice and sometimes green flag stops, you see that happen almost immediately um, because the pace is wicked up. They're seeing those loads that, you know, the downforce is, is at a maximum amount. You're going through the corners is at, at the most amount of load that you'll see at, at that point in time. And that's just putting that load through the tire. And, and really uh, the old car, our performance was getting the spoiler up and the splitter down and optimizing downforce, you know, generally that way, where now it's whatever you can do to get the back of the car down is faster. So you're flirting with, overloading those shocks therefore the tires and and then creating a little bit of a mess that we see at times and then lastly um kind of more broadly uh with the next gen being a a true spec car um what are you guys doing these days to find speed when you're not doing like the r d stuff you used to do working with the manufacturers i mean how do you guys try to separate yourself from the competition yeah, I think for us, um, 
we just have to watch like what a lot of the big teams are doing. Um, it, you know, we, we have our theories that we take every week mechanically on what we want to do with the car and, and the attitude and, and targets that we shoot for with all these moving variables that we have in general. Um, but I, I think when we go to a track and we don't perform to where we think we should, uh, you know, we, we're definitely paying attention to what the other fast cars are doing. We're, you know, that, that's kind of our development with a small team. I mean, you, you, we have an alliance with, with Roush where we get to, you know, look at setups and discuss things with them that they run. But outside of that, from aero standpoint, we have, we have nothing. So, um, you know, we have some simulation tools and stuff from Ford, but it, from a development standpoint, it, it kind of gets stagnant uh, with, with a small team, which I think is, a, is fine right now. It, it's a good thing. I think early on in the season, you know, maybe we're a little closer to those big teams. I think there'll be a little bit of a gap, um, you know, that kind of, goes the course of the season how long that lasts I don't know I, I think as long as NASCAR holds on to you know not changing much with the car and the things that they have um, and parts and pieces I, I think the small teams will catch back up you know you'll hire guys from teams that they you know may have seen certain things and learned certain things or you learn things that you see at the racetrack and, and apply those and I think that closes the gap in general though I think that that gap is a lot smaller than it used to be. There's not a, as wide a range for the big teams to get ahead from that standpoint. So kind of, you know, those small windows that we, that NASCAR allows us to play around with, um, with underbody and, and outer body stuff, I think eventually, you know, that, that gets somewhat optimized by the big teams and then the small teams will slowly figure that out and maybe just be a little bit behind for at, at times, but I think, you know, hopefully we'll be able to close that gap. Dan for thank you. Next question will come from Justin Long. Go ahead, Justin. Thank you. Hey, Blake, I'm curious, uh, with this being your first season as, as a crew chief, obviously you've got plenty of experience as, in, on, on the pit, pit box, but they talk about a lot of times uh, when somebody moves up to the new position, so I guess sliding over one spot in, in, the, in the spot on pit, pit road on the pit box from engineer to crew chief, how significant of a of a change is that obviously there are some things that you're still doing a lot of, but now you have new responsibilities. So I'm kind of curious what, what has it been like in making that adjustment in your first year? And also in light of that, you've been at a situation where you were winning regularly or pretty much able to contend most every weekend to now the, the, the metric is, is probably looked at a little differently and how somebody who's used to winning handles, not being able to be in that position as often. Yeah, yeah, I'll touch. Uh, I'll touch on the first one. Um, the the step to the crew chief role definitely is just more or less the involvement every hour of every day is is the biggest difference I think. I mean, obviously, got to make the calls on the pit box and in the race and and have different discussions with the driver and the engineers maybe than I did before. Um, but the biggest thing is just, you know, at this level, your, your responsibilities kind of surround everything where when I was the car chief prior, you, you spent a lot of time on the prep of the car. And, you know, once, once you kind of got that perfect or what you were shooting for all around, you may work on next week's car a little bit. And, but once that car was loaded, you kind of move on and, you know, get ready for the next one and, and maybe have a little bit of downtime where, that's not really the case ever <laughs> with this with this position. Um, you know, uh, we have our simulations on Thursday, so if we load Wednesday night or even Thursday morning, 
um, my engineers go to that and I'm called into that and kind of paying attention to everything that we've got prepped for the next couple of weeks. We're constantly working two, three weeks out on, on builds for whichever tracks and events are coming up. So um, really it's just, uh, there, there's not a whole lot of downtime, if any. I would say that's the, the biggest change from, from that standpoint. Um, and then, you know, for, from a race perspective, just the, the prep side too, right? You know, I, I don't, I didn't really, I had a lot of experience being kind of just the guy, a guy in the ear of the crew chief. And you go through the years of how you win or lose races and, you know, pay attention to strategies like, like that. You could kind of chime in if, you know, something popped up in a race, be like, Hey, remember you know, when we did this and this is how we beat them that time or didn't beat them or lost a race or won a race. Um, but now it's just, you know, more so, getting the information from the guys that I work with and, and trying to make sure that we make, make the right call and, and kind of leading into your next question or the second part of it. Um, it it's very different how you apply that information. You know, these guys uh, that I'm working with now have, have had to race differently than I have. So there are different strategies in the race to where, you know, I'm used to how are we going to, beat everybody how are we going to be aggressive and just like out pit somebody and jump them and short pit them and make up ground like that and that's uh that's very different than what we have to do if we're having a bad day you know if we're having a bad day now you know we've got to figure out how to run long and get a lap back or make sure we stay on the lead lap so um that that's something that i'm not necessarily accustomed to in the last handful of years um you know i i did when i moved to colorado um i always say this <laughs> 30th was a good day there. I mean, I remember we finished, we got this new car. Um, it was when we, our first RCR Alliance and we finished like 32nd at Phoenix or Texas or one of them. And it was like my first day off there. I, I, I'd gone skiing with, with one of my buddies and I was on the mountain and the uh, race was over and the shop foreman called me. He's like, Hey man, we got to get in here and turn this car around. That's the best car we've got. And I think we finished like 31st or 32nd, three laps down under green with no issues. So, um, I've been part of <laughs> days that don't always go right. Um, you know, we, I think we finished 25th with Martin um, in, in 2014, his first year with us. So um, I'm, I'm not afraid of those challenges. Uh, I feel like the new car opens up the ability for some of these small teams to, to compete and build uh, on, on what they've got, you know, before I feel like you're, you're always at this, this, huge challenge of not ever having a chance of, you know, realistically week to week being able to run competitive. And we still have our challenges. I mean, we've got a lot of things, you know, by no means are we going to probably unload in the near future and, and be the car to beat every single week. Um, but, you know, with, with what we've been able to do this year, um, I do think it's feasible to, to unload and, and be a top 15 car, which, you know, if you're, if you're beating, if you're in the top 20, 20 cars even you're beating a lot of strong back teams so um, that that's kind of our our goal my my drive to win hasn't changed um, you know I but it, it's still you're still racing for something you know we for us a top 10 is, is close to what a win used to be um, you know I've won a lot of races and been part of uh, a lot of success with you know with a with good groups um, and I, I don't look at that as, you know, I've accomplished that and I'm done with that. You know, I, I think we, we're still building to, to be 
better every week. Um, but you know, I, this was kind of a, an option that I was going to have to take to have an opportunity to, to advance in my career. Um, and I don't think the mentality ever changes, you know, <laughs> I, I, like I said, at Darlington, when we finished seventh, you know, you, you're, you're thinking, well, man, if, if we would have picked this lane and, you know, got up through there like Haley did and we're riding third, you know, last 10, 12 laps, I felt like we were one of the fastest cars on the track. So that mindset doesn't go away. You still think like <laughs> I, I should have figured out how to do a better job to, to win this race, but you know, your, your goals have to be realistic or you drive yourself crazy. And, and right now, you know, I think for us um, going and unloading and competing inside the top 15 is, is a realistic goal. And, and that's what we're trying to build off of. Thanks. And I didn't mean to change your title. I knew you were car chief and I've got blank on calling you an engineer. Sorry about that. Oh, no, hey, I, quick, I didn't catch that. No problem. <laughs> I'd promote you. Quick question. Um, obviously smaller team, uh, a lot of challenges in getting ready for this season, a lot of extra work in the off season, the crews have had to put in, uh, really only about a third of the way through the entire season. Um, how do you avoid burnout with the guys or how do you, or what are things that you can do as, as a smaller team? You probably don't have as many people you can sub in and out on the weekend. So how do you handle that with your group as you still are trying to get better? Yeah, I, I think as far as mechanics and shop wise, um, front row's done a really good job of trying to keep that balance. Now, early on, you know, there, there wasn't much daylight to be seen. You know, we were under the crunch of the parts and pieces and just stuff that we didn't have. And we had tight turnarounds. The West Coast is a challenge. You know, you tear cars up um, at Daytona and, and LA. You know, there was a lot that we were up against early on in the season. Um, I feel like over the last five to six weeks, we've gotten a bit of a rhythm here. Um, you know, uh, our road crew gets a little bit of time off here, you know, Mondays. And then once we get loaded until we fly out, um, you know, we've had a few weeks here where we've had some Saturday, Sunday, or we fly out on Saturday mornings instead of Friday for tech, which, which, you know, just a couple of weeks like that really, really help, you know, the, the guys that travel, um, you know, from my end and, and the engineer side, they, we're going to get an off week here coming up. Um, short of that, I, those guys hopefully can help manage, you know, their own time. And, and we, we try to get ahead is, is the biggest chance that we have. Like if we can work a couple weeks ahead on things, then you don't end up burning all hours of the night every night, which, you know, was, was and has been a big issue at the beginning of this year. Um, but, but shop wise, we're, we're starting to get enough parts and pieces and, and chassis and components that, that we can get those things together. And, and I, I feel like, you know, for the most part, I would say for, you know, 80% within our company of the people have been able to kind of get in a rhythm now uh, that hopefully we can kind of get, especially once we get to the off week, kind of keep building on that with a little bit of time in between. Thank you. Yep, thanks. All right. I know we are past three o'clock, um, but we are going to have time to take one more question and we will go to Bob Pockris. Yeah, Blake, um, I'm curious, do you think, you know, for the 600, you would split the stages into 50 laps. Do you think you'll get to 50 laps or do you think the tires won't last? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, <laughs> we're prepared to run 50 laps. <laughs> I mean, I, we're, we're going to try to be prepared to run a full fuel run. I mean, I think that's kind of our MO as a team, right? Like we, we're going to run long when we can and make up track position on guys 
Um, if we don't have the front side speed, you know, our, our long run speed at some of these tracks has been where we've been really good this year. Um, as far as straight up splitting, I'm, I'm, for, for us, for me, everybody else is going to have to do it first. And we're going to have to be forced into doing that because, um, quite frankly, I don't think we've been at a lot of these tracks where anybody's gone long enough. Um, I know that there's probably still going to be plenty of guys that are going to be aggressive to where we will see some tire issues. So, um, you know, just from protecting ourselves and, and not putting ourselves in a bad spot of, you know, getting trapped on pit road or, you know, if we're getting close to the back of the lead lap on a long run or something, I think we're going to be very conservative on that car on that call. But I just, you know, I've got to see it before I'm going to believe it. We just, we have not, I don't feel like we've seen a whole lot of long runs where there hasn't been some type of issue. And, and honestly, just, you know, at the beginning of the year, it was cars being hard to drive. It, you know, I don't want to chalk it all up to tire issues. Um, I'm, you know, I don't expect guys to not be flirting with it any more so, but a lot of, a lot of times in the 600, uh, yeah, I feel like even if you do have some issues like that, a lot of that does get sorted out in the first half. You know, you've got a lot of laps to kind of, you know, guy blows a tire, teammates will come up on pressures and kind of sort some of that out themselves. But, um, you know, Charlotte's rough over the course of a, a run, you know, back of the car is coming up, downforce coming out of them. They're going to be tough to drive. Um, so I think it's going to be a challenge all across the board. Well, Blake, thank you so much for um, spending a few extra minutes with us here as well this afternoon. We really appreciate your time and wish you the best of luck this weekend. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, guys. Right, and we do have um, Corey LaJoy in the waiting room. We will work to bring him in now. And just a reminder, we will have audio and video available of all of our press conferences um, here shortly afterwards on NASCARmedia.com. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. Fantastic. Um, give me just a second and get you spotlighted here for everyone. Um, just a reminder to the media, if you have a question for Corey, please raise your hand uh, within the Zoom platform or type at the chat, and we will be sure to get to you. Um, let's kick things off with Marty Sipla. Go ahead, Marty. Thanks, Sam. Hey, Corey. Thanks for the time today, man. So just looking back on last weekend with uh, how much you were up front and being the top four in the fan vote, just how big was that for you and uh, Spire Motorsports to have some uh, TV time throughout the race? Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you're still racing B-Main. Our, our goal is to try to get to the big show and earn our way there, whether it be through a stage or win a race. But anytime you can get on TV, no matter what the setting is, you know, we had a pretty good car. Um, you know, we rolled the dice with some strategy there and got out front and uh, kept some track position. And, you know, barring a caution and a re-rack, I thought we could have potentially held them off. Um, but, you know, we've got some more chances to, to get our way into the playoffs this year, but we're starting to make some gains there. And then looking a week further ahead to uh, St. Louis or Worldwide Technology coming up, uh, how are you preparing for that? We had uh, Ben Kennedy earlier today, and he said that uh, there's supposed to be a lot of braking expected in the corners, and the drivers are going to love it. And I don't think you've ever raced at Gateway before, per racing reference. No, I've never even seen the place. Actually, I have seen the place as a kid uh, when my dad was there. We'd go on summer-long motorhome trips. So I've been there when I was probably seven on a bicycle, but uh, haven't haven't ever raced there. I know some of the guys have some truck series truck series experience there we don't uh we don't ever see the gm uh simulator here so it's tough to really get up to speed with what we're up against some other guys 
you know, I'll jump on iRacing to, to run a little bit just to get um, some sight points and things like that. But really and truly, you got to figure out how to learn the place as quick as possible and make um, efficient changes to your car uh, after practice since it's a, one of those open practice sessions. Thanks, Corey. Good luck this weekend. Thanks, Mark. Next question will come from Bob Hockert. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, Corey, uh, where is your organization at as far as like cars, parts, and everything? Do you feel good? Or is, I know the 77th had a few rough, rough hangs. I don't know what that would set them to your car count. Yeah, so we're, uh, I think we've got four or five cars in rotation for the seven. I think the, the 77 has three plus a car that rides as a generic backup. So I don't, I haven't heard any overly concerned folks in the shop about being tight on cars you know i know body parts and stuff are are being repaired by the team so that's probably the only backlog i don't know um too much about uh what else is is backed up but it seems as though we haven't had any issues getting our cars repaired on time with the right parts and do you feel you know a lot at the start of the year about the car potentially being an equalizer i mean i know the big teams always will have more depth and more engineering, but how how have you seen it now that you're a few months into it? Um, I mean, obviously, I never expected it to be an equalizer. It's motorsports; it's never going to be an equal playing field. But at least we're playing with the same parts and pieces as some of the other guys. Now, the box of which you assemble those parts and pieces, I believe, is a little bit bigger. And now, the small details across the whole car, whether it's underwing. Um, shock builds are big that you know now that's something that's a, a really crucial part of making grip uh, so now if you're a little bit off with the same parts and pieces now you just get instead of having a bad day and running 21st a bad day for anybody uh, if you miss it 28th and 30th uh, so we've had a couple of good days a couple of top 15 runs so far um, but we've also had a, several bad days that we need to figure out how to make our short track stuff a little bit better but you know, I think for us on paper, we're a 31st to 33rd place team. So anything above that really is overachieving. And I feel like we overachieve every week. But, you know, it's hard to beat when you look at a list. There's 22, 24 teams that are directly tied into the OEM tap of information. And then we're just one of those smaller buckets, two or three down the line, that gets the, gets the data after it's used and applied for several weeks before us. So the, the parts are the same. The data flow of information has not changed. Next question will come from Matt Weaver. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, bud. Thanks for the time today. Um, so I know you didn't want to be in the B main, and you kind of addressed that point. But the, the gains that you made on the fan vote this year, I'm curious how much of, of, of that growth in your popularity and, and your brand is something that you've had a lot of hands-on into and, and the authenticity of it. Like, do you have a strategy or is this just, hey, I'm Corey LaJoy? Certainly the podcast helps. And it's not even like I, you know, I went to seek that out and to be able to do that. It's been doing that organically for the last couple of years. And the last two has been on NASCAR.com's platform. It's been a lot of fun to just give the, the fans a little bit of peek into what my life, my weekly life is and, and the struggles it is for, you know, a, a smaller team and a guy like in my, in my situation to compete against Kyle Larson and guys that, that win races competitively. And I think that's certainly a big, a big thing that, 
you know, allows people to relate to myself that I deal with the same issues and have bad days, have good days, happy and sad and all the stuff that comes along with it. So there's certainly that, and it's cool to hear fans yell stacking pennies or wearing wearing your merch. Uh, Definitely makes you feel good when people spend their hard-earned money to wear something with your name on it. So it's been a a big uptick over the last six, eight months. I've noticed uh, people supporting me. Um, so it's definitely, definitely pretty cool. I wish we'd got the fan vote, uh, but nonetheless, I'm sure. And I appreciate all the, the people that did take the time to vote. But, uh, like I said, I want, I want to get in that thing, the old school, the, the old fashioned way and win a race and qualify my way in, but you know, there's always next year. So kind of to that point, um, I know you're invested with the situation you have now with Spire and Ryan and those guys, but how important is also beyond just getting results and, and having good finishes is that kind of branding and growing that popularity important to hopefully you being able to take another step at some point soon and, and build on being in a better situation? I mean, without, without putting them in a bad spot and saying it's yeah. kind of an situation, yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, man, this is a competitive based business. You got to make sure you're the best at where you're at, but also you have to be doing everything you can do to put yourself in position to drive a race winning car um, with a race winning team. So anybody that, that says anything different is probably lying to you. Uh, at the end of the day, um, the, the teams with the, with the most OEM support are consistently front running teams. I knew what I signed up for here and continue to grind every week. And it's fun. I, I do enjoy the challenge of having, you know, trying to figure out how to take chicken and, and make chicken salad. And we do that pretty much every week. Uh, but it, you know, everybody here in the building wants to be competitive and wants to hang banners on the wall and be a place where you do uh, get that external motivation and external uh, rewards in the way of money and trophies. Uh, and I don't like to be a materialistic guy, but we're all doing this because we're competitive. We all do this because we want to make money. We all do this because at the end of the day, you want to be the one holding the trophy. And that's ultimately what my goals are as a race car driver. Dan for see you this weekend. Thanks. Thanks, Matt. All right. Our next question will come from Brendan Carroll. Go ahead, Brendan. So, Corey, I got to I gotta ask, when will uh, we see you in a Spire truck? I asked the same thing, my friend. Uh, <laughs> who they, that thing doesn't roll out of the that thing doesn't roll out of Bono's garage uh, if it's not paid for by somebody. So we've seen. Uh, you know, the Hendrick drivers get their, their crack at it with HendrickCars.com on the side of it. And it's hard for me to, to go to all my partners who I already asked for a lot of uh, to go jump on uh, for the price it takes to go run a truck race. I'd love to do it. I'd love the opportunity to get some extra laps, especially at a, at a road course where I feel like I'm, you know, I don't have a whole lot of experience at, whether it be Sonoma or Watkins Glen or Road America. But, you know, those guys have to make sure they stay in the black and we're going to see some pretty cool dri- drivers behind the wheel of that thing coming up with some announcements soon, but hopefully one day I can drive, drive that thing. Cause Bono's got that thing dialed in. Good luck this weekend. Thanks man. Next question will come from Mitchell Brewer. Go ahead, Mitchell. Corey, this weekend being Memorial day, how cool of a deal is it for you to have the USO on your car? Man, super cool. Appreciate you asking that. Yeah. It's, it's something we've been working on. I've been working with, with Coke on some different things through eNASCAR and as well as the podcast. So uh, to tie Coca-Cola and their support with the USO, obviously Coke 600, there's so many different things uh, that, co- that are coming together this week. 
a lot of obligations on my part that I'm happy to be a part of, meeting a lot of service members, feeding men and women on Sunday before the race, uh, and just the, the amount of support that's coming from carrying at the, the USO on the car for 600 miles of remembrance is, is pretty cool. So it's been a lot of work uh, behind the scenes of trying to put all this together. So to, to carry USO in this patriotic paint scheme on Memorial Day weekend is something I take pretty serious. Thank you. Next question will come from Dustin Long. Go ahead, Dustin. Thanks. Hey, Corey, um, let me just preface this by saying I'm not a parent. Um, but I'm curious, a lot of times you hear people talk about parents is that um, you, 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 there isn't a, you can read all the books, but you still don't know. You can, and there's always the uncertainty. And I'm guessing there's always a question, you know, how am I going to be a good parent? How do I, how do I lead my child and, 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 and lead the right way? And obviously, there are a lot of good things that happen in life. There are a lot of things that are not as good. And certainly, the world has seen some of that this country. I'm curious, as a parent, how do you, you know, I don't know if the phrase is like, oh, my gosh, what am I bringing my child into? Or how do you look at it in the, in the way of look at all the other good things in, in, in when things happen? Man, I could go a lot of different ways with the answer, but. I land on this, um, you know, the world we live in is, is a broken place. This isn't our intended home anyways. And when it comes to raising God-like or, or kids to respect themselves, respect their adults, um, to be able to think for themselves, um, that's what I'm excited for the challenge of ha how to raise a child um, to positively impact the community. Um, now, I'm still working on that, um, but it comes from being intentional. It comes from being there with your kids, teaching them about uh, the things that really matter truly in life. And, you know, when you see the Uvalde stuff, man, it, like I couldn't imagine dropping my kid off to like daycare. We'll cry. It, it would suck. So it would suck. But, um, yeah, like, you know, at the end of the day, you, you don't want to bring the, the world blows in a lot of ways. And But at the end of the day, like, we are called as Christians and just people who have some influence in society to, like, make positive impacts with the platforms that we have. And it's easy to, like, lose sight of that, like, thinking that you're not being successful enough behind the wheel of a race car when, you know, there's going to be a hundred thousand people watching you on a Sunday afternoon, moral day, and, you know, millions of people watching you on TV. And it's easy to like put the blinders on and forget about like how much outside impact you have, but as well as impact you have right in your own home. Um, Cause you know, I'm going to raise Levi and this, next son I'm going to have, like, to be, like, men. We don't have enough, like, men in the world nowadays. That as much getting that from your family and just being passed down from, and just, and just continuing that in, 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 in how you do things? Yeah, I mean, to my grandfather, right, like, that's, you know, broken, broken families lead to broken kids lead to you know like 
you can talk about all the legislation you want to and beat that horse till it's dead, which has been beat over and over. And that's not the root of it. The root is the root is just broken families raising broken people. Um, and that's, you know, and broken people hurt people, hurt people. That's just, there's nothing that rings truer. And that's what we see more often than not, because as these hurt kids grow into hurt adolescents, then they are able to get their hands on guns. They're able to get like, to think about certain things that could cause death and harm to anybody that they want to. Like the, the setting to do whatever you want to right now is, is open for business. And, you know, we're, we're focused on the wrong things. We need to be focused on raising kids to think for themselves, to have self-confidence and to not be assholes. Thank you, Corey. I appreciate it. Any additional questions for Corey? 